Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers and spiritual entrepreneurs to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and join our crystal movement. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, we're going to explore the healing properties of malachite. This is one I know a lot of you have been asking for and really looking forward to, so I hope that it lives up to your expectations. But before we get started, I want to answer one of our listener questions. So this is our Ask Me Anything segment, and remember you can submit your own questions anytime at loveandlightschool.com slash ask for the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. Today's question comes from Cindy, and Cindy asks, I have heard conflicting information regarding Lemurian crystals. Is there such a crystal? And if so, how does one know for sure? This is a great question, Cindy. So here's the thing. Geologically speaking, if you asked a geologist, are there Lemurian crystals? They would say no because Lemurian crystals are just quartz crystals. So they would say there are quartz crystals, but Lemurian crystals aren't a special thing. They're not like a recognized formation or anything like that in terms of the science world. But a lot of crystals are named for their locality. So for example, there's turquoise, and that's a specific crystal. There is such a thing as turquoise, of course, but there are all these varieties of turquoise, and they are named for their locality. Like there's the Sleeping Beauty Mine turquoise out of Arizona that's really beautiful. There's rare turquoise from Kazakhstan that is a gorgeous sky blue color. So you have these what I would kind of call like sub-varieties, and most of the time those are based on locality. So back to our discussion here about Lemurian crystals. Lemurian crystals are a type of quartz crystal, and they come from a very special location in Minas Gerais, Brazil. So the story goes that these Lemurian crystals were found kind of buried or packed in this reddish-pink, iron-rich sand. And this has kind of stained the outside of some of the crystals, turning them a pink color. But what Lemurian crystals are most well known for are their striations or grooves in their sides. Now, this is where things get a little bit tricky because in order to be what I would call an original Lemurian crystal, it would have to come from this location in Minas Gerais. And people... Um, kind of theorize that people from Lemurian civilizations put these crystals here and that they're programmed with all kinds of knowledge and information. I'm not so sure about that, but what I do know is that these high vibrational crystals from this location are amazing for meditation. They enhance all kind of intuitive work and psychic sight. They're phenomenal crystals to work with for healing, for meditation, and so much more. But there are all kinds of crystals now being called Lemurian crystals just because they have these striations or grooves or lines running along the sides. These are sometimes also called barcodes or barcode crystals. 
So I personally wouldn't consider those to be Lemurians. You'll see people with African Lemurians and Russian Lemurians and all these things, but they didn't come from that original location. So in my mind, they're not some of the original Lemurians. On the other hand, it's also important to note that just because your crystal has these lines or striations, that doesn't make it Lemurian, and it also doesn't necessarily mean that it came from this specific location. For example, I have quite a few crystals from Arkansas, quartz crystals, that display similar but not exactly the same striations or lines. Once you have a really good trained eye and you've looked at hundreds, if not thousands, of these crystals like I have, you kind of get a sense for which ones came from this location. They usually have a very specific wide tapered shape. They can be clear, but often have just a very slight cloudiness to them. When you look through certain sides and other sides of the crystal, they look a little clearer and the striations look quite particular and the terminations are typically a little bit on the smaller side. However, this is a generalization and individual crystals can vary, of course, quite a lot in their appearance. So I would say if you're really looking for the real deal, authentic, original Lemurian crystals, make sure that you're getting them from that Minas Gerais location. Uh, the next best thing are the ones that I've seen that are called Colombian Lemurians, which are really more known as Colombian Blades of Light or sometimes Colombian Seeds of Light. I think energetically, these are pretty similar and they can be used uh, just about in the same way. But when you get to some of the African Lemurians and Russian Lemurians, the energy varies so much. And although I think they're great crystals in their own right, again, I wouldn't necessarily consider them Lemurians. So Cindy, I hope that helps answer your question. It was a good one. If you want to know even more about this topic, I have a pretty in-depth video over on Facebook that I did as a Facebook live. So I think you can also find that video on YouTube. So give that a search if you want to know even more on that subject. So thank you again for that question. And if you have some questions that you'd like me to answer for you about crystals, spirituality, or heart-centered business, or anything else that you're curious about right now, let me know over at loveandlightschool.com ask. Now it's time for us to dive into our main topic for today. Drum roll, please. I know you've all been waiting. The healing properties of malachite, a crystal for protection and health. So as you know, I always like to start these healing properties episodes out with a little affirmation or message from the crystal. And here's what came through for malachite. You are a child of the earth wild, creative, and free. And this really kind of speaks to the energetic quality of malachite. It's a great stone for amplifying energy and intention and enhances grounding in that connection and rooting in with the earth. And it's also highly protective, both physically and also energetically, and that it is an excellent stone for blocking electromagnetic pollution. It also encourages earth healing and eco-consciousness. So if you want to give a little bit of love back to mama earth, you can definitely try working with some malachite crystals because it's so deeply connected with the earth. This is also an excellent stone for helping you connect with nature. So if you've been feeling a little bit, um, detached or, out of your normal groove when it comes to connecting with nature and natural cycles, malachite can help you reconnect with that energy. 
but it's also good for enhancing spiritual guidance. If you look at the surface of Malachite, it looks almost like a labyrinth. So it really helps facilitate this journey inward so that you can reconnect with your spiritual self. Now, because this is a deep green stone and it resonates so closely with the heart chakra as well, it encourages unconditional love. This is a very strong energy stone. And so it really breaks through a lot of the barriers that we put up around love and relationships in our lives. Now, one of the main things that I think Malachite is really well known for is that it helps reveal obstacles on your path. A lot of people actually have a little bit of an aversion to this stone because it puts your challenges kind of front and center, and it really holds up a mirror to your shadow self. And if that's not something that you're able to focus on at the time, it can be a little bit agitating or um, kind of an intense energy to work with. But if you're ready for this challenge and you're ready to finally let go of this energy and overcome these obstacles, Malachite can be a really lovely crystal to work with. Now, there are so, so, so many more things that this crystal is good for, like increasing confidence, encouraging compassion, enhancing concentration, healing the emotional body and helping to create shields of protection around anything having to do with love or affairs of the heart. And it also facilitates the positive expression of your emotions. Finally, it has a few connections to creativity. So it really helps penetrate suppressed emotions and draws their energy out of the body. And one of the ways it does this is by encouraging the release of these stagnant or suppressed emotions through the creative process. And finally, it helps clear the subconscious mind of any outmoded patterns and beliefs so that you can finally move forward. Now, when malachite is tumbled or polished, you'll see it has these swirly bands of dark and light green, but it can also form in kind of a druzy formation where it's kind of a glittery green crust. This is absolutely gorgeous if you've never seen this, and it can even form little kind of stalagmites that when sliced horizontally create little rings, and this is so gorgeous. One other formation is botrytal malachite, where it forms little bubbles. And if you've ever seen this polished, you really get this cool kind of bullseye effect coming to light. Now, as I mentioned, this is related to the fourth chakra, the heart chakra, but because of its connection with grounding and protection, it also relates to the root chakra or first chakra. It's excellent when used by people of the zodiac signs Taurus, Virgo, or Capricorn because it will really enhance the positive attributes of their sign, and it connects with the elements of earth and water. Its companion flower is geum, and its companion essential oil is spearmint. I love, as a companion stone for malachite, working with peach feldspar. I find that there's kind of a soft feminine quality that really pairs well with the powerful energy that malachite has. Some common origins for this stone include Russia, Namibia, but probably the best quality pieces come from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Now, I do want to mention here that malachite has a really high copper content, and so it's not safe for use in crystal elixirs. Some sources recommend just using tumbled stones in your elixirs, but I personally would not recommend that. Always use the indirect 
method of preparation for your elixirs because of that high copper content, malachite can be toxic. So I do have a little bit more information about malachite here from the staff at my shop, Mimosa Books and Gifts. And the staff says, Malachite is an intense green banded copper ore. It's often found in conjunction with azurite, which you may know is a deep blue crystal, great for opening the third eye. And it forms in fascinating botrytal dome-shaped formations. When Stone Age hunter-gatherers tried lining their fire pits with some pretty green stone that had been exposed by flooding, they accidentally invented the science of smelting metal from ore. Copper was almost certainly the first metal they discovered and used because it's so easy to extract from malachite. All you need is fire. You can well imagine that when people saw the reddish metal coming out of green stones, they felt it was magic. Besides its use as a copper ore, which is primarily why it's mined, people have long used malachite as an evil eye talisman because of the shape of those little bullseyes when it's polished. The stone's natural curved lines and circles form natural patterns that look like eyes, eyes that are used to send back bad intentions, envy, or other dangerous feelings, as well as simple bad luck. Babies and others wore these amulets in ancient Egypt and Greece, medieval Europe, and many other places. Powdered malachite is also one of the oldest pigments, providing an intense green color for paints and makeup. It's possible that as an eyeshadow, malachite powder was thought to avert the evil eye as a magical cosmetic. Since malachite contains copper, it's best to be careful about its toxicity. It's also a fairly soft stone. Tumble pieces should be safe to handle, but avoid getting them wet. It's a good idea to wash your hands after handling rough malachite, like the velvet malachite or druzy malachite, because coppery dust can come off in your hands. Well, that is it for our healing properties of malachite segment. I hope you found that interesting and enjoyable. And now it's time for us to move into our trending this week segment. So each week I bring you a quick discussion on something that's happening right now in the world of crystal healing and spirituality, or something that I'm just really loving that I want to share. So this week I want to share a really cool tool that I got during my recent spiritual pilgrimage to England. I spent a lot of time in the lands of Avalon and Glastonbury, and I found a beautiful wheel of the year. So it's actually a little kind of cardboard disc that spins inside of a case and you actually spin it and change it according to the seasons. So as we move through the wheel of the year, you spin it to the next season and it has the dates and it shows for the Northern hemisphere as well as the Southern hemisphere, which I find to be quite excellent. Um, so you can see what high holy days are coming up and then there's a little kind of invocation or chant or prayer as well as some absolutely gorgeous imagery on this wheel. And this is called the goddess wheel of the year. And it's by an artist, Wendy Andrew and Wendy's website is paintingdreams.co.uk. So painting like you would do with a paintbrush dreams with an s.co.uk. And I actually picked this up. I believe it was at the Glastonbury goddess temple gift shop. And I am just in love with it. I've been using it on my altar and um, 
while I'm recording this podcast, uh, it is actually on the eve of Samhain. So I have it set to my Samhain High Holy Day, and I'm just really, really enjoying the artwork and imagery as well as the beautiful words that accompany each of these holidays. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you found a lot of value in today's show. If you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, as always, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, I'm going to ask you a big favor. If you could leave me a quick rating and review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes to help more people find our great show. Uh, I would really appreciate it. And while you're there, of course, you can subscribe through that link as well. So you never miss a future episode. And today I wanted to give a quick shout out to Tallulah. Tallulah, I am loving your five-star review. It cracked me up. Tallulah says, no BS, always focused and informative. I love listening to your podcast because I get so much out of it the whole time I'm listening. So many podcasts are full of so much blabbing fluff that's irrelevant, and you never do that. Thank you. I've learned so much from you and will continue to listen until I've listened to every episode and then eagerly await more. Tallulah, you made my freaking day. You really did. So thank you so much for your beautifully lovely and candid review. I really appreciate it. And if you decide to take just a minute to leave me a review of your own, I'll give you my crystal chakra healing step-by-step class as a free gift. This is a class that I put together for all of our listeners. So once you've posted your review, just take a screenshot of it and send it to me by email at support at loveandlighthealingschool.com and I'll get your class all set up and myself or my team will reply back with some details about how you can get started. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Visit us online at loveandlightschool.com.